We want to welcome everyone to the podcast. We call this From the Preacher Study. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Uh, and my colleague and partner, friend and brother, uh, Kevin Clark, is with me today. Uh, we're going to continue our discussion of the Sermon on the Mount. We're getting close to the end. Mm-hmm. We're in Chapter we 7 and uh, drawing close to the end. we still got a few more sessions to go mm-hmm. before we get through, but we hope it's been a profitable study. If you've been with us throughout the course of the study, I'm, I'm sure it has been. You can't study the Sermon on the Mount and think about it seriously and give it some due consideration without learning something new, appreciating it in a new way, applying it in a new Mm -hmm. way to your life. And so it's so rich, it's so deep that every time you study it, it's profitable. And so if you've been with us throughout the study, I'm sure you've profited by it as as we have, absolutely, as we've uh, worked our way through it. So we're glad you're with us in this session of the podcast. Hope you'll listen carefully to the things that we have to say, especially things that God has to say through His Word. And we'll be thinking about how can I take this and apply it to my life so that I can live a life that's like Christ and pleasing Mm -hmm. to God. And so that's that's what our aim is, uh, to teach lessons and to bring things out that are very useful in that way. Kevin, any introductory remarks? Yeah, we've been talking about what it means to be a citizen of Christ's kingdom, and we've described in great detail through the Scriptures what that citizen kingdom or what that uh, citizen looks like. And for those of you who are not Christians, this is what you want to be. This is what you want to become. And you're getting a description of the kind of person you have to be to be a citizen in Christ's kingdom. If we're already in that kingdom, then this is almost like a a a litmus chest or a checklist or an evaluation form. How am I doing? Am Mm -hmm. I like this? And if I'm not, there are areas I need to improve. Of course, we're always going to find areas of improvement. And let's say this, this is some challenging teaching. Absolutely. Very challenging. It's not very easy uh, to do. We'll make that point uh, not only in this uh, podcast, but the others as well. Uh, But that the Lord never calls us to do something easy. Uh, But it is possible. And the thing we need to do is to bring... Uh, the light of the scriptures to our lives honestly and openly and make the corrections that are necessary and to be pleasing to him. We're thankful for our two deacons here, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend. They always enable us to have this podcast and we're very thankful for them. In fact, if I recall correctly, I think it was their idea to even have a podcast. Neither you nor I knew what it was. Uh, so now well past 100 episodes, we're very excited about this uh, avenue whereby we can bring the word of God to you. We're thankful for our audience. If you value what we're doing and appreciate it spread the word tell it to co-workers fellow students people in the neighborhood we'd love to have more people to listen to god's word i think we had some technical difficulties last last time and so it's been a little while Mm -hmm. since we posted uh, an episode those things happen you know the technology is great Uh, when it works well it enables us to uh, teach the word of god in this format every now and then you have a little glitch something happens kind of beyond our control, That's right. even beyond the control of people as talented as Mark and Jason. That's right. And uh, so those things happen, and we just kind of work around it. That's right. And so, but but we're back, and we appreciate people being with us. Amen. Got to talk about Matthew chapter seven, especially mm-hmm. verse twelve. Right, right. Uh, in this session, in everything, <clears throat> therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. This is the law and the prophets, and so. We could usually call that the golden mm-hmm, rule, and we paraphrase mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. by saying, do unto others as you would mm-hmm, have them do unto mm-hmm. you. It's interesting, this is, you can see from uh, the word therefore, that this really uh, is a conclusion kind of drawn out of what's been said before. So let's That's back right. up a little bit, mm-hmm. and let's see maybe how that works. And so verse <clears> 7, <throat> uh, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. 
Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he won't give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Mm -hmm. And so, then verse 12, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. Mm -hmm. Do the good to them that you would have them do to you. And just right. as God gives good gifts, mm -hmm. so you need to good, give good gifts to others. I like that. Now, you wouldn't... You wouldn't be uh, pleased if somebody gave you a snake, would you? No, not or you at wouldn't all. be pleased if somebody gave you a stone when no. you were hungry. Mm -hmm. you you want something good, and so mm -hmm. and so I think that maybe that's the mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. This grows out of that idea. Mm -hmm. God give gives good gifts, and so just as you would appreciate right. a good gift that benefits you in some way, mm -hmm. that's what you should do to others. And yeah, so, absolutely. and everything like therefore treat people the same way that you would want them to treat you. Mm -hmm. Um, let's think about how this compares with just the worldly standard. This is unusual teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a, sort of a, a very high standard. Usually people don't think this way. And so <laughs> we think we're being very fair if we say, well, I'll treat you the way, the way you, you treat, treat me. me. Right, right. And if you're nice to me and uh -huh, pleasant to uh -huh. me and cooperative right. well, I'll, I'll i'll be cooperative yeah. with you yeah but if you're mean and ornery and yeah. you know you're yeah. giving me a hard time yeah well, I'm, I'm not going to cooperate with yeah. you i'm going to treat you the way you treat me that's, what that's not what do. jesus no. teaches is it mm -mm. he says you treat others the way you would want them to treat you absolutely and sometimes people might even i'm going to treat him before <laughs> he treats me <laughs> right. in a bad way and so i'm going to get in the uh -huh. first lick you know i'm going to get in the first punch and uh, I'm going, yeah, preemptive strike, and and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna head this thing off before mm -hmm. uh, he can, you know, do harm to me. But that, that's not the standard, is not it? Not at all. Not at all. Treat people the same way you want them to treat you. And so this is a little contrary to human nature, it is. isn't it? it is. So anytime I think about that point, I think about Second Peter chapter one. Second mm -hmm. uh, Peter chapter one in these sort of the, the introductory part of the chapter, verse 4, For by these he has granted mm -hmm. to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to be like God. That's right. It, it's sort of, sort of to suppress what we call human nature, mm -hmm. you know, the, the impulse and the right. instinct, uh, and develop that godly, Christ-like nature and so this is contrary to human nature. We want to treat others as they treat us. Right. But we're really reaching for a higher standard, a standard that's set by Christ, and do to them to others the way we would like for them to do to us. You got you got some comments to make along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I think it, it really is difficult teaching because it seems almost instinctive what you talked about earlier, which is as people teach treat us, we're going to treat them the same way. And the Bible talks about that over in, we've already talked about it, Matthew chapter 5 at the end, we talked about love your enemies. Yeah. And it says, look, everybody, even tax collectors, even sinners, they understand that, okay, if you do well by me, I'm going to do well by you. That's a pretty low standard of morality yeah. that anybody uh, can recognize. But it's the higher standard to not respond in kind, not treat people mm -hmm. the way they treat you, especially when they mistreat you. And so it requires you to be very restrained and very self-controlled because the instincts that most people let their lives be ruled by, they're in us. We have those instincts, but we have to override those with this divine nature 
and the teaching of God is very intentional, and it's something practice and learn. You know, you learn self-control, you learn yeah. self-denial. Yeah. So it may take, you may start out maybe not being as good at this as you need to be. Hopefully over the years, you've seen the wisdom of God's approach and you've applied more and more of that in your life and working. And that's really it is. It, you know, Galatians 4, Paul talks about until Christ is formed in you. That's what we're trying to do every day to be more and more like Christ. And this is a part of that, thinking yeah. about how do I want others to treat me? That's how I need to treat them. Right. Notice he doesn't say, don't treat others the way you don't want to be right, treated. Right. So it's, it's not yeah. a negative thing. Don't, right. do, don't do to <clears throat> others what you would not want to have done right, to you. Right, right. It's positive, isn't That's it? Right. You, you're proactive. You right. do to others what you would have them do to you. And so mm-hmm. that, that elevates it even it a does. little bit. A little bit higher. I agree. And so it's active. It's proactive. You're doing so. You know that. That why why do we do to others the way we want them to do to us? Well, we we rec- because we recognize they are like us. Mm-hmm. He is like me, mm-hmm. and so he his needs are like my needs. That's right. And when he has problems, that's like me having problems, mm-hmm. or he's he's facing difficult. So we're recognizing. The humanity of the mm-hmm. other person mm-hmm. when we when we do this is not a, a, an inferior being or a lesser being, and we right. can treat him, uh, you know, in a way differently, in a lesser sort of way. No, no, he's fully human, just like I am. He has the same wants, mm-hmm. the same needs that I have, and just as I would appreciate someone meeting my needs and helping me, I need to help him, and so. It's really based on a recognition that this other person is like me, fully, fully human. Right. I couldn't help but think about Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as much as it depends upon you, live <clears throat> peaceably with all men. And that's not just the absence of conflict, but it is, as you're talking about, proactively taking into consideration the wants and the needs of others and doing what you can to satisfy those. Uh, that's also love, which is why he says at the end here, for this is the law and the prophets. Uh, it's a reference to Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Uh, where you look at the summation of the old law that Jesus offered. He says this, um, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the entirety of everything God has said to us in the Old Testament, and I would argue in the New Testament as well, really hangs on these two rungs. It's first, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and two, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that second thing is what we're talking about here. That's yeah. part of loving your neighbors, being proactively uh, doing good to them, benefiting them, blessing them, enriching their lives, and thinking about their needs and their wants as you go through life. And so just as the passage you quoted, this is the law and the prophets, he makes yeah. that same statement here in he verse does. 12. That's right. This is the law and the prophets. And yeah. so this is a, a way to summarize right what the law and the prophets are driving at in their ethical teaching. And so would you want someone to steal what you have? Mm -mm. Okay, don't steal what they have. Would you want someone to commit adultery with your wife? Absolutely not. No, no, you wouldn't want that. And so, and so don't do that. And, and, and you know, that's, that's kind of don't do to others what you don't want to have done to them. And we've contrasted that with, with this, but it would fit in in that situation. So, and so that's the, the law, and the, the laws of the Old Testament are really trying to to get people to love their neighbor as themselves and treat them the way they would want to be treated. And so no wonder he says this is the law and the prophets. Amen. You know, one of the things I thought about, and, and, and you see this every day, if this teaching were consistently applied, think about how different the world we live in would be. Yeah. 
uh, if everybody was actively thinking about the concerns and the needs of others and thinking through, okay, before I do this, how would I like to be treated? Okay, let me do the same yeah. way. And really what it gets at is, is, is at the heart of a lot of our problems is selfishness, right? Yeah, that's right. We just do what we want and we have no regard, yeah. no thought given to the other person. And this requires us, no, you've got to think about how would you want to be treated? Okay, now you've got to treat that person the same way. You can't just selfishly do what you want to do. Right. And that reminds me that, you know, our standing with God is based on not just our action toward God. That's right. That's our right. Our standing yes. toward God is not just, well, how often do I pray to God? Right. How often do I sing hymns to God? Right, right. Our, 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 our standing with God is based on how do I treat my neighbor? That's exactly right. How do I treat my yeah. enemy? Yeah. How do I treat my brother? Right. And so... That's what this is driving at. Yeah. You, know, you love your neighbor as yourself. This is the law and the prophets. Right. Your standing with God depends on this. Right. And so very, it's very important, isn't it? We, we see it Absolutely. in Matthew chapter uh, chapter 5. We see it in Matthew 22 as yeah. well. What's the greatest commandment and, and so forth. And I also thought about 1 John 4, 20, 21, where he basically says, look, you're, you're saying that you love God, but you hate your brother. It's like, you can't do it. How can you love him whom you have not seen, God, when you don't love the, him who you can see, your brother? And so, like you said, it says that some people, you'll hear people sometimes say, look, my relationship to God is just between me and God. No, mm -hmm. God says it's also between you and your fellow man. That's right. And you can't say, well, I've got this great relationship with God, but I don't care about everybody else. No, God says no. to have a relationship with me, you got to have a relationship with yeah, these folks as well. Right. That's right. That's um, right. I thought about uh, the idea that, uh, you know, if, if Jesus' teaching was simply don't do to others what you don't have, don't want them to do to you. Right. Uh, the goats in Matthew chapter 25 would have, you well, know, they'd been good, point. wouldn't that's they? That's a great point. Uh, yeah. They didn't do any harm. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They just yeah. didn't do anything good. Yeah, nothing proactive. So, yeah, that's a great so point. They're, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're, they come under condemnation mm -hmm. because of their lack of action. Yeah. You had opportunity yeah. and you didn't do anything. Yeah, whereas I like that. The, the sheep were uh, very, very active in seeing to the needs of those around them. Great point. Well, let's talk a little bit about where the, this teaching applies. What yeah. parts of our lives, what areas of our lives, where, where, where does this teaching apply? Uh, really, it, it applies everywhere, yeah, it and starting with the most fundamental relationship between a husband and wife. Obviously, yeah, that's, that's the closest right. human relationship we can have. And just think about all of the troubles and the tension and stress that can be diffused if a husband is thinking, okay, how would I want to be treated? Okay, that's how I'm going to treat my wife, and vice versa. Wife thinking, how would I want to be treated? Okay, that's how I'm going to treat my husband. Uh, it applies between parents and their children. It applies between children and their parents. It applies to our neighbors. It applies to our coworkers. It applies between employers and employees, but also employees to employers. I mean, you can't think of a relationship where this principle doesn't govern and doesn't work. You know, I've thought about, and I've used it this way before, uh, you know, the Sermon on the Mount is excellent marriage counseling. Oh, absolutely. And so, absolutely. Uh, no you know, for, if you go back to Matthew chapter 5, yes. uh, I say that everyone who's angry with his brother shall mm -hmm. be guilty before the court. Whoever mm -hmm. says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. You know, don't don't be angry. And, and then that leads to insult. Right. Well, how many marriages could use that? Oh, what you're you talking know? about. Yes, uh, yes. Don't, don't get angry with your wife right. and insult her. That's, right. you know, don't get angry with your husband. So, and you can just work through the Sermon on the Mount, and most of it would apply very, uh -huh. very well. What that t tells me is this. If you want to be a better husband, be a better Christian. That's it. There you if go. you want to be That's a better it. wife, be uh -huh. a better Christian. Just That's start right. by being a better Christian. Yeah. And yeah. then you'll become a better wife, and you'll right. become a better husband because it just touches every aspect of our lives. 
and it enriches and enhances everything we do. Yeah, I like that. If you're in a marriage, you feel like this marriage is not where it needs to be. It's too frosty. It's not as loving. It's not as supportive. Well, start with yourself. You, as you say, be a better Christian and watch how that's going to change the environment. If you just do what these principles say in your relationship, you'll be amazed at how normally there'll be some reciprocity. It'll come back to yeah. you. Yeah. So you're right. Where does this apply? It applies in the home yeah. between husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. It applies among brethren. It does. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, brethren, <clears throat> we, we, we can get aggravated and frustrated right. with each right. other. And before you know it, yes. uh, we're saying things and doing things really yes. we shouldn't. So always remember, well, this is my brother in Christ. Right. Um, and so how would I want him to treat me? That's uh-huh. how I should treat him. Yeah. Uh, coworkers, classmates, among friends, sometimes. Yep. You know, familiarity breeds contempt. And so we kind of take advantage of a friendship and yeah. we say things that are insulting. And, okay, we need to stop a little bit, take some thought. Right. In business, oh, yes. you know, yes. we got a, we got a car to sell. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember uh, do unto others as you would yes. have them do unto you. If you were the buyer, That's right. how would you how would want, you want? The, the seller to, to treat Absolutely. you? So Absolutely. it applies everywhere we go and, uh, you know, it's a challenge to us, but if we'll do it, uh, it'll it'll draw us closer to uh, in our walk with Christ. Absolutely. Appreciate everybody being with us. We're going to wrap it up right mm-hmm. here. We're going to go on into verses 13 and 14 next time. Right. Hope we've been able to say some things that are helpful and challenging to us. If we think about it seriously, I think they will be challenging. Amen. But we can rise to the occasion and sure. we can take you know another step, another step in developing that kind of Christian character that Jesus is talking about Amen. here. Amen. So, Kevin, would you lead us in a closing prayer? Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious, loving, almighty, all-powerful Father, we thank you so very much for the day that you've given to us. We thank you for life and health and strength. We thank you for these human bodies we have that are truly fearfully and wonderfully made, as the psalmist said. We're just so blessed with all the things you shower down upon us, the things that are necessary to provide fuel to this body, to protect the body, our shelter, our clothing, uh, the food that we eat, uh, the, the drinks that we have, uh, just so many wonderful experiences that all come from your hand. And yet, as much as we enjoy those physical comforts of life, it is the spiritual blessings that we enjoy through your Son, Jesus Christ, that are of most value to us because uh, that was the ultimate price that was paid for us, uh, your Son on the cross, to open up the path to salvation and a re- relationship with you and reconciliation from our sins. And so we're so very thankful for that. And I would pray that uh, those under the sound of my voice who have not uh, put on your son in the water grave of baptism, become a member of your church, that they search the scriptures, obey the gospel, and become a part of this family. And for those of us who are in the body, uh, let us take seriously the kind of teaching that we've talked about today, uh, teaching from your word about how we are to treat one another. Uh, Every single one of us can improve in this area. Just let us be more mindful Uh, on a day-to-day basis of how we treat our fellow man, how we treat our spouses, how we treat our children if we have them, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat our coworkers, our fellow students, uh, business people, people we run into randomly uh, on the road. If we can think about these principles and restrain the selfishness that seems to affect so much of us and and actually spend time thinking about the welfare and the well-being of other people, to be intentional about that. And, and thereby to show the love for our fellow man that we're commanded to have. It's such an important thing. Uh, and we're mindful that uh, some of the times that are most challenging to put this teaching into place 
or into practice uh, is when we have disagreements with others, whether it be disagreements with our spouses or disagreements with our friends or brothers in Christ. Uh, those are the times when the devil can tempt us the most to disregard this teaching and in the name of truth or what is right, to lash out and say things that are truly unkind and, and unrestrained and not uh, loving at all in disposition. Uh, please help us to understand what it means to, as Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love, uh, especially when we're dealing with disagreements among brethren over things. Uh, but even in our homes, we need more love, uh, more Christianity. Uh, if we're living in a home that's not exactly where we want it to be, let's look first at ourselves. And are we being the Christians we're supposed to be? Are we practicing Matthew 7, 12? Are we thinking about our spouse and her needs or our spouse and his needs and doing unto them uh, as we would want done for us, being proactive, not just reactive? Uh, we're so very thankful for this sublime teaching. And every day we ask that you be with us as we strive to be more and more like that standard, to be more and more consistent in applying that standard in our lives. Uh, we thank you for the revelation uh, that is your will. It's just such a wonderful lamp into our feet and lights the path that we are to, to tread on our way to heaven. And uh, we ask that we continue to spend more time studying the path, meditating upon the path, and obviously applying the path uh, so that we get to our destination, be with you forever. We thank you for this format whereby we have an opportunity to study the Word, not only amongst ourselves here in this building, in this place, uh, but with so many people who are listening. We're thankful for them for taking the time to tune in, and we trust that this Word has been a blessing to them, not because it's spoken by uh, my brother Bob and myself, but because it's your Word. And we are simply uh, being stewards, speaking as your oracles. And we know to the extent we do that, that much good is done for the souls of those who are listening. So please continue to be with us. Give us this opportunity. May much good uh, come out of the work. And may more people tune in and listen to your word being discussed and read and studied. We ask you to continue to be with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.